But this weekend, we're starting a new uh, message series called Good for Business. The reality is, in this world, in this life, what truly is the best path to getting us ahead, the best path to success? You know, it was at midnight, one spring evening in 1987, a terrible thing happened. Seven million American children suddenly disappeared. No, it wasn't a mass kidnapping, or it was, it was not a serial killer. It was the dreaded IRS. Yes, on April 15th, in 1987, they changed the rule, which for the first time, it required a social security number for every dependent that was listed on the 1040 form. And suddenly, Seven million children, children who had been claimed as exemptions on the previous 1040 forms, had mysteriously vanished, representing um, about one in 10 of all dependent children in the United States. Isn't that crazy? Here's the thing. Lying has become so prevalent in our society that we hardly think about it anymore. We just don't think about it anymore. Lying has become second nature to us. A Duke University study several years ago involving nearly 70,000 U.S. college and high school students found that 70% had admitted to cheating. That was a 14% increase from 1993 and a 44% increase from 1963. And a separate poll of 25,000 high schoolers found that nearly half agreed with the statement, a person has to lie or cheat sometimes in order to succeed. Is that crazy? Unfortunately, this sediment is not only to the young. So many adults have the same exact attitude. According to Reader's Digest, a survey that they did several years ago, 2,624 readers, 13% had shifted blame to a coworker when something they did wrong. They blamed somebody else. 18% had misstated facts on a resume or job application to get a job. And 32% had lied to their spouse about the cost of a recent purchase. Furthermore, beyond that, 63% of those workers called in sick when they weren't even sick, and 71% had lied to friends or family, family members about their appearance or to avoid hurting their feelings. We have become a nation of liars, of liars. And truth be told, everybody's doing it. Everybody is doing it or has done it at some point in their life. And sadly, we have become accustomed to believe that dishonesty gets us ahead. That to get ahead, we need to be dishonest or lie or, or extend the truth in some way. Whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, or just life in general. general. But is that really true? Is that what you believe? This series, Good for Business, is all about getting to the core of our journey of which path leads towards success. Do we need to hang up our Christian values? Do we need to hang up our faith to get ahead in this world? Or is there a better path? 
You know, for starters, the reality is that honesty is the core of what integrity is all about. It truly is. Drivers have become rubberneckers, always looking on the lookout for the police hiding down the street, haven't we? You know, maybe we're going five miles over the speed limit or whatever it might be, or we just ran a red light or so on. We become rubberneckers, and that's become the reality of our life. We become rubbernecking all over the place because our lives have become problematic simply because of our truth extensions that are constantly causing us to look over our shoulders, making sure no one is really catching us in what we did, making sure no one really knows what the truth is. But can I just be honest with you for just a moment? Your integrity matters. Your integrity matters. It's everything of who you are in your spiritual sense. Look what's written in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. It says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. There's two very important truths, points of wisdom from this verse that we need to highlight this weekend. The first is this. Jot this down in your notes. Integrity is the path towards security. Integrity is the path towards security. The reality, the truth that we all struggle with is everyone at some point of their life journey is seeking some form of security. We all are. We all want to find security or safety net, a safety net spiritually, emotionally, or whatever it might be. And I've noticed some of the top things that people seeking security in life tend to do. You want to know what those are? One of the top things that people tend to do is they try to one-up each other. Have you ever been in one of those conversations? You know, when we struggle with insecurity, we tend to find ourselves constantly needing to one-up another person. Yeah, I know you went to the concert, but I was in the front row. I was right there. I caught some of his spit. I did. Or, you know, I, I know your kid's on the ball team, but my kid hit the running run. My boy did that. We always need to one-up each other because of our insecurities. Or another thing that we tend to do because of our insecurities is that we fish for compliments or, or we try to brag about accomplishments that we may have. We seek for those compliments. Like, you know, did you hear about what I did at work? Did you hear about the job I completed? Or do you know how many hours I've been putting in at work lately? I mean, I'm just so busy. You know, you hear that all the time. People searching and fishing for compliments about their accomplishments. Another thing that we tend to do within our insecurity is we try to be the best friend with everybody. We try to be the person in the party who everybody wants to talk to or hang out with. Or, dude, did you check out Bill? Because he's pretty awesome, right? We try to be the life of the party. Another thing that has become pretty, pretty routine for many of us is social media. You know what I'm talking about. On Facebook, you put those posts on to see how many people will actually like you, right? And you try to put posts out there that try to gain attention in some way. We do this in our insecurity. Or maybe you go to the other extreme. In your insecurity, 
you constantly put yourself down. You're never good enough. You don't look right. All this different stuff of how horrible of a person you are. And here's the truth. In the depths of humanity, we all crave attention. And we tend to find security in the attention that we receive. But what tends to happen is our desire for security becomes a higher priority than maintaining integrity. And we find ourselves doing things to gain attention or success, which we believe is the path towards the ultimate sense of security that we crave within our own heart. But oftentimes, the things we do to gain attention, the things we do to gain success, takes us down a very, very destructive path. And building a sense of emptiness and brokenness within our own heart, which is the opposite of what we were really trying to gain. And so as as, for, uh, as we go further down this path, we try to fill this void. We try to fill this void of, void of insecurity, of needing attention or gaining success. And then to do that, we feel we need to push our integrity to the side. Our life begins to get overwhelmed with all these secrets that we have to maintain to achieve the things that we think we need to achieve. And all that does is compile and compile more and more stress in your life. And before you know it, you're more insecure now than you ever were before. The next truth that, that Proverbs kind of points out to us, the first was we need to identify, I'm sorry, integrity is the path towards security. The second thing that we need to realize is your secrets, they will be found out. Whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not, your secrets, the Bible says very clearly, one day will be found out. You see, the devil is a liar. He is an absolutely big-headed liar, and he tries to convince us that dishonesty, you know, keeping secrets, telling those white lies because they won't really hurt anybody, or smudging the truth a little bit, will get us ahead in life. But it doesn't. How has that been working for you so far? If you are living a dishonest life, one day it's going to destroy you. It's going to destroy you one day. And truth be told, many people probably even sitting in this room are living with secrets. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you are so scared if someone looks at your phone or your iPad or sees how you really are at work or other places. You're just so overwhelmed with secrets. When I was in college and I began dating who became my wife, Shelly, when you hear the story, I'm, I'm really surprised that she actually stuck around me, Okay. So I, we, we helped at this weekend, I, I worked, served at this weekend ministry, and she, when she started dating me because she thought I was awesome, joined me. <laughs> and so she came with me each weekend, and over time, she started getting in my car, and she would say the common thing, Bill, your car stinks. I'm like, it does not stink. I have no idea. No, something really smells in here. 
Look, I took my shower today, I promise you. It does not smell in the car. This was like the ongoing conversation which happened week after week after week. And I would go pick up these kids for this inner city mission that I worked with over the weekend. And we'd pick up the kids and even these kids would jump in the car and be like, oh my goodness, this car stinks. This is where I go, it does, I, what are you guys talking about? I'm in this car every single day. It does not smell. So after probably about four weeks or so, Shelly... God bless her soul, decide to check out my car. And she begins to look under the seats, and she looks under the driver's seat, and there's this old sandwich that I completely forgot about, that I bought somewhere. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to throw it away someday, but I'm just going to throw it under there until I remember to throw it, find a trash can. And it was sitting and rotten out under my seat for months. And... I became so used to the smell, the stench was normal to me. And you know what the truth is? It's kind of like how secrets work in our life. We hide something under the seat cushion of our life, of our heart, hoping, 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 no one will figure it out. But as the Bible teaches us, it's gonna start to rot. It's gonna start to fester. And you know what? There's the crazy thing about secrets that we need to understand. The first thing, and this isn't your notes, but the first thing is eventually they're going to begin to stink. Because of your secrets, your life, your attitude, your overall person will begin to stink in some way. It's going to happen. And oftentimes, you're the last one to figure it out. Usually, other people begin to smell you, so to speak, before you realize my secret's coming out. It's starting to get pretty stinky around here. And the longer you keep secrets, the bigger they become, the bigger deal they become. Because here's what happens. If you did this thing that's embarrassing, and you went and you fessed up to your spouse, your parents, your boss, whoever it might be, it probably will be painful. But you can work through it. But what tends to happen is we hide it, and it gets worse, and we compile what we do, the lies, whatever we need to do to hide it, and it just gets worse and stinkier and stinkier and stinkier. And before what was a simple problem to address became significant and then it begins to destroy relationships and jobs and other things in your life you see secrets will find you out in your life what is your priority your integrity or is it your path to your your certain path to security which is it in our journey integrity has got to be the priority your integrity, your character should be the priority of your life. Jot this down. God's path is truthfulness in all circumstances. That's God's path. Do me a favor. Circle in all circumstances in your notes. We need to focus on that for just a moment because I think that we tend to overlook that thought. We tend to overlook the importance 
of truthfulness in all circumstances. We have a tendency, if you're like me, it's in our human nature to pick and choose when we should be truthful and when we should smudge the truth a little bit. You know, it's like when you get pulled over by a police officer. What did you do? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Right? And then you begin to push things a little bit. And I think we miss out on the importance of what integrity is all about. We don't have the luxury to pick and choose when it's right to be honest. God said, in all circumstances, be truthful. Be honest. Your integrity matters. It matters. Look what it says in Psalm 34. Here it's written, Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search peace and work to maintain it. The reality is that evil works more often in the mundane and the normal rather than the extremes. Did you catch that? We often watch the news or we think evil is the extreme. We tend to think evil is on 2020, the rapists or the murderers, or we turn on the nightly news, the terrorists. And when we see those images or those uh, news stories, we say, that, my friends, is the face of evil. But what if I was to tell you that more often than not, the face of evil is found in the normal things of life, in the everyday occurrences, when we push integrity aside and choose a different path. You see, every one of us at some point needs to accept the reality that we all have an evil nature within us. We all do. One of, the, one of the devil's greatest mind tricks is to engage us in the comparison trap. You've done it before. I know I was going 55 and a 35, but Jiminy Crickets, that guy ran a red light. He's going to kill somebody. If you ever read the Gospels, Jesus begins his ministry journey with what's famously known as the Sermon on the Mount. This isn't in your notes, but in the beginning of the Gospels, there we see Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount reveal the truth of our evil nature. You know, the reality is we go to the extreme. Well, I'm not a murderer. I didn't commit adultery. I didn't do these things. But Jesus says, no, 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 you're missing it. Evil comes in the normalcy of life. Here's the reality of what Jesus says even when you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your own heart. Or he also said, if we use hateful or evil words towards another person, we have committed murder, and so on, and so on, and so on. See, every one of us has an evil tendency of some sort within our own hearts. And Paul says this in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Every one of us have allowed, has allowed evil to invade our heart and our life. 
Now, please, this is not a hand slap. It's not to make you feel guilty in this place. But if we do not come to grips with this reality, we will never be able to move towards the path of security that Proverbs mentions. You will never understand security and peace in your life if you're not honest with where you're at. How can you possibly take the next steps if you don't know where you're at in the begin, to begin with? Your heart, my heart, all of our hearts is the breeding ground of integrity or the lack of integrity. It all starts there. It all begins to go down this path. Jesus says this in Luke 6, 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In our discipleship process here at Impact, we call this the phrase from the stage. You know, you've heard people say it before, maybe you said it before, don't judge me, right? Whenever someone gets on you for, for a choice that you made or something you did, you quickly throw out the one verse that, that we tend to know, don't judge me. But do you realize when we use that, we are totally misinterpreting the reality of Scripture because what Jesus says, your actions, your words, the very nature of who you are reveals what is in your heart. That's the phrase from the stage. You can't hide it. You can't. Your secrets will come out. The integrity of who you are, the character of your own heart, is revealed in what you say. It is revealed in what you do. And like it's written in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, your secrets will be found out. They will be found out. So how do we keep our lips from telling lies that Psalm 34 instructed us to do? How, how do we take that path? What are the practical steps to overcome this nature that is within me, to, to keep my lips honest and my actions honest? Well, Psalm 34 kind of identifies that in verse 14. The first step is this, turn from evil and do good. Pretty simple, right? Turn from evil and do good. In order to do that, we first must come to the realization that we already talked about. Evil is not the extreme. Evil is in the normalcy of who you are. But it starts with a question I've asked you guys before, and we can't ask this question enough. And that is this. Do you believe personally in your own self that good is better than evil? Who believes that? That good is better than evil? Okay, so for all of us who raised our hands, let's pause for a moment and let's examine our life. Let's do a quick flashback of this week. By your choice of words, by your choice of actions, do they agree with what you just claim to believe? Because what tends to happen is when we are wronged or when life hits us in different ways, 
our actions, our attitudes, and our words go the other way, that evil is stronger than good. We, we lash out to that person. We talk down. We use awful words. Or whatever we do, we become dishonest to get ahead. And before we know it, in our own actions, we claim to believe evil is better than good because evil will get me ahead. But all evil does is bring more difficulty into your life. That's all it does. So to turn from evil to do good, we need to truly examine our own hearts. Not just claim, I believe good is better than evil, but we need to truly examine our own hearts with the limelight of our actions. And really think through, what are the things I do each day? What are my habits? And how can I start to take steps to align my habits and my attitudes and my actions and my words with the belief that good will always win. That's ultimately what we need to strive to do. Second part of verse 14 takes it a step further. It says to search for peace and maintain it. Search for peace and maintain it. You see, peace is a lack of conflict and freedom from fear. So let me ask you this question. Is your life full of peace or are you overwhelmed with turmoil? Where are you at in your life? Are you full of peace or are you overwhelmed with turmoil? There are two forms of peace that we need to seek in our life. And the first is internal peace. Internal peace is one that we often struggle with because we try to find the ability to trust Jesus and have confidence in him despite what's going on around us. That's striving for internal peace. And then there's the external peace. That's our relationships. And can I just be honest? This is more difficult to achieve. External peace is very challenging to achieve, and sometimes we won't always achieve it. In fact, Paul says in Romans 12, we need to strive for peace as long as it depends on you. In other words, you do all the effort that you can, but the reality is peace is not always possible. Why? Because it depends on the other person. It depends on the other person. And ultimately, that's why sometimes our world is in turmoil. The peace that we seek is under the umbrella of Jesus' standard. But note what, what Psalm 34 says. It says to work, to maintain it. In other words, peace and integrity takes effort on our part. We often think we should just wake up and we have peace. I'm going to give my kumbaya. There is peace. Where is peace in this world, right? Well, if you sing like me, there's not going to be much peace. But here's, the, here's what we need to gain and focus on. You want peace? you got to make the effort. And you know how you start by making the effort? It doesn't start by trying to fix the external peace. It begins by trying to work and maintain the internal peace. Your relationship with God affects everything horizontally in your life. You will never experience true peace in the relationships in your life if this relationship is messed up. It just won't happen. It won't. Oftentimes, marriages that are struggling so much try to focus on this to make it work, and that's important. But you know what often is the problem? The relationship with God. You know, when you both as a married couple pursue Jesus together, 
guess where you meet up at? Together in him. You want peace? It begins internally in your heart before you can really start maintaining and working on the peace externally around you. So it all begins there. Paul took this this idea to a whole new level. Look what he writes in Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24 about our old self and new self. He writes, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Did you catch something there? Do you see what Paul said in those last few sentences? Do you see how you were created or what you were created to be? We were created not for personal gain, not for any achievements of our own, but we were created, get that, see that verse, to be like God in true righteousness holiness. That, my friends, is why every one of us was created. But what does that mean? Uh, That's great, Bill, but what does that mean? Well, the first part is we're created to be like God in true righteousness. You know what righteousness means? I know it's a fancy biblical word, Bible word, that oftentimes goes right over our heads, like, what in the world is that? I'll sing in the song, but I have no idea what it means. Righteousness, in its most simplistic nature, is to be right before God. That's it. Pretty simple. Righteousness is to be right before God. You know, in the Old Testament, all the people tried to be right before God by working the law. God created the law to help mankind realize, hello, you cannot do it on your own. You cannot do this by yourself. You will never be good enough because you mess it up. I gave you perfection in the garden. You mess it up. I gave you the law. You're messing it up. So I sent Jesus. And so through him, through the Son of God, we have the opportunity to be right before God. That's why your, your vertical relationship with him is so important. It's so important. It's everything. Everything hinges on this relationship. Everything in your life and in your journey and your other relationships. So we were created in to be like God, to be right before him. And secondly, he said also, and holiness. Again, one of those crazy biblical words. That sounds great. We just sang it in one of our songs, but what does that mean? I'm so glad you guys asked. Holiness, biblically speaking, is to be set apart. That's what it means. It means to be set apart. God is holy because he's in a spiritual realm. He is set apart from us. And when we give our hearts over to Jesus and follow him, we are to be set apart, set apart from this world. In other words, when people see us, they shouldn't see more of the world. They should see the man we're trying to connect with. That's holiness. So what Paul is saying is that if we choose to follow Jesus, the normalcy of our life must be different than the normalcy of the world. That should be who we are. 
the normalcy of your life should look different than the normalcy of this world. That, my friends, is integrity. That's integrity. And in order to achieve this, in Ephesians that we just read, Paul told us that we need to discard the old way and embrace the new way. If you've given your life to Jesus, the old self is gone. Yeah, you'll make mistakes along the way. But we need to pick back up and run towards him, connect with him, and allow him to transform us and truly embrace the new way. Embrace God's way. Because in his way, there's integrity. In his way, there is security. The security that I know your heart of hearts is searching for. It's there. But it's there by embracing his way and following his path. So what about you? Maybe you've given your life to Jesus. But you've still been struggling in the old way of life. Let's start taking the new steps together. Or maybe you're like, Bill, I've never taken this step. I've never given my life to Jesus. I don't even know how to begin. Let's begin that journey together. See, we were created for each other to journey together, to become more like him, to experience his integrity and his peace and his strength and his security. So stop doing it alone. In him, you'll find the peace that you long. I promise you. So if you need to talk to somebody, you need someone to pray with you, or you're just like, I don't know what the next steps are, right up here after, after we finish this, this service, come talk to one of our First Step team members. Don't leave this service without talking to them. Take the steps. Find the peace. Live in integrity. And there you'll find security. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we just come before you right now. Lord God in heaven, I know for me, I, I've made so many mistakes in life as many of us have. And we live in secret so often. And Lord, I don't know everybody's story. But right now, I just pray for each person in this room. Wherever they are at, if they are living in secrets, Lord, may right now, this weekend, may they take the steps to walk away from that. Lord, help us to see you. Help us to live in your integrity. Lord, we praise you for the opportunity that we have to come before you and to find freedom in you. So don't let fear, don't, please help us to not let fear keep us from coming to your truth. But through your truth, may you set us free. Lord, we just give you all the glory and we praise you for who you are. It's in your name we pray, amen.